Well, this episode is going out on the 25th of October, so it's Halloween. Or, well, it's almost Halloween. By the time most people get to listen to this, it will be the week leading up to Halloween. The shops are full of pumpkins and all that regalia and everything. So I thought in this episode I would share with you some Halloween sales tricks and treats. Welcome everybody, Uh, this is Trevor Lee and this is episode 187 of the Better Presentations More Sales podcast and yes, we're running into Halloween. So I thought, well, why not? Let's have some tricks and treats. So I'm going to focus on sharing with you in this episode a few tricks and a few treats all to do with sales, okay? So things that you can apply to your business, no matter how big or small it is, and they will all be helpful to help you grow sales. And while we're talking about growing sales, how are you doing at the moment in terms of your plans for 2022? Are you thinking that your sales teams need, or even your sales management needs a bit of re-energising, a bit of inspiration, a bit of a freshen up even, a bit of a, you know, some new ideas, some new challenges. Because what I've noticed is that during this period now where we're kind of coming back to the office and then we're not sure if we're coming back to the office and I'm not sure that people are moving on fast enough. I think we haven't gained the, regained the momentum quite a bit. And what's interesting I found is that people are now coming to me and they're saying, Trevor, we need to regain the momentum. Can you come and help us? So I'm doing some, uh, as I've mentioned before, I'm doing some sessions at the moment where I'm splitting it. So we're doing one session every two weeks or so or every week or so, 90 minutes long and really high energy, high energy. We're doing it all on Zoom. So, you know, it's not taking up all day and people are going, oh, God, I've got a training session all day. These are high energy, high impact sessions and they're really working well. And the great thing about doing them on Zoom is that then uh, what I do, if you're the management and you're listening to this, then between each session, we'll have a little 30 minute meeting and you can tell me what, you know, how it's going and I can give you some feedback and then we can adapt the second session because all the stuff I do is never off the shelf. All right. Some of the themes and some of the, you know, the, the bits I use will, you know, naturally have been used elsewhere. But every single program I put together for each company is going to be different to the one for a previous company. And I know there's people out there who just say, oh, yeah, I'll come in and I'll, and you, you know, they do the same thing they've been doing for years. Well, that's not what you get with me. And part of what I deliver is part of all the great stuff that people have shared on this podcast, all those fantastic guests, more of whom are coming your way soon. All right, let's get cracking and let's have a think about the Halloween sales tricks and treats. Okay, so I'm going to start with the tricks, all right? So the sales Halloween tricks, okay? Now, these are simple things. They're not, you know, sleight of hand or anything like that, you know, and they're not old-fashioned sales techniques, but they are little tricks that I think will make a difference to your sales. So whether you're a, you know, one-person business and you're having to do all this yourself or whether you're a part of a sales team or you're a sales leader or a sales manager, you want to, you know, give a few ideas to your team. So share these with them. All right, number one, I've got, how many have I got for you? I think six, all right? Six little sales tricks, right? Number one, very simple one, is if you're putting a proposal together, make sure you offer some alternatives. Okay, because if you say, here's my proposal, da 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 and there's only one version of it, um, well, think about it. You're saying to me, basically, as a buyer, take it or leave it. You're not saying to me, hey, which one works best for you, Mr. Buyer? So it's very easy to create three versions of your sales proposal. They don't have to be massively different, okay? They could be just a little bit longer, a little bit more, little bit more extra value in them, or whatever it might be. 
But if you can offer three alternatives, I reckon your conversion rate will go up. So there's number one trick. Number two trick, how about this for a trick then? This is when you want to get a meeting with somebody. Now, what are you thinking? If I would say to you now, right now, okay, hey, I'd like a meeting with you. Uh, how about two o'clock tomorrow or three o'clock uh, the following day or 10 o'clock uh, next week? So what do you immediately think when I say two o'clock, three o'clock or 10 o'clock? I suspect you're thinking, oh God, that's going to take an hour. You know, because that's it's just the way we're programmed. Now, what if I say to you, oh, could we have a meeting at 2.40 or 10 past three or 20 to, you know, 20 to nine in the morning or whatever it is? What am I, what, are, what is the message I'm saying to you then? This is going to be a short meeting. And which one are you more likely to say yes to? The short meeting. So if you're going to want a meeting with a buyer for the first time, okay, offer them an unusual meeting time. Not only will it get you noticed, but it will improve your chances of getting the meeting. Okay, give it a go. It's a little Halloween trick for you. It does work. Right. That's number two. Number three is simple one. But, you know, how many times, you know, particularly now when we're beginning to get back meeting people in person, does someone introduce you and say, oh, yeah, my name's Trevor. And then immediately you forget their name. <laughs> so here's a little trick. I'm sure you've heard this one before. But if you want to remember somebody's name, mention it three times. Ah, oh, Trevor, great to meet you, Trevor. Now, Trevor, tell me, Trevor, what do you do, Trevor, kind of thing. You know, that's five times, I think. But apparently, if you repeat someone's name three times, you are likely to remember it. If you don't repeat it, like me, you'll forget it straight away. So it's a little trick I've learned over the years. It works really well. So that's number trick, trick number three for Halloween. All right. Now, trick number four, this is really interesting because this is something that I've been using uh, recently and I've had fantastic success with it. And I wasn't sure whether I should share this with you or not because, you know, hey, this is a podcast, you know, you get all this top stuff from me. But I'm going to share it with you anyway. All right. So next time you put a big sales proposal together, you know, think about how you do that at the moment. All right. Now, chances are you're going to email me the sales proposal, aren't you? You've probably had a conversation with me, you know, you hopefully, well, hopefully you've had a conversation with me and you've got an idea what you want from me. But then you've sent me the proposal. And what have you done? You've sent me a PDF or an email and it goes on for bloody ever. And eventually it tells me what it's all about and what my investment's going to be and all that sort of stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. You, you know what I mean, you know. So here's a little idea. Now, to increase your conversion rate, send people alongside all that written stuff, okay, which is valuable as long as it's not too wordy and doesn't repeat itself and doesn't bang on about how brilliant you all are. Um, send a little video as well. Now, the way I do it is I use, a, I use a Mac in my office. So I use a product called ScreenFlow. I think you can get a version for PC, but it's great for shooting little short videos effectively. And, you know, it's not. I don't mean camera videos necessarily. What you do is you just create a few slides as your proposal and don't make them lengthy and wordy and all that stuff like that. Just some introductory slides and then do a voiceover and, and you appear on the voiceover on ScreenFlow. There you are in the top of the screen, you know, the little, little, you know, a bit like it's exactly what you see on a Zoom call type of thing or whatever call you use, Teams call or whatever. But it's massively effective. And I've, I've done this recently uh, with two big proposals. And I've won them both. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Now, I would, I've got a, quite a high conversion rate anyway. Um, but um, I just tried this out. And the people said, yeah, it was really helpful because we shared it with our colleagues. And it was like seven or eight minutes or even less. And they did admit that they looked at the video rather than read through, read through the proposal necessarily. Now, my proposals are only two or three pages at the most. 
But if you're sending out 48-page proposals, okay, and then you're thinking, well, why have I never heard from anybody? Okay, do this. Send them a little video summary. And it's you on the video or one of your colleagues, and you're basically saying, hey, just thought I'd send you this little video, and it's going to explain what our proposal is and how it's going to work. Just going to, And then you share a couple of slides with them explaining it. But don't make the slides dull. Don't put too many words on them. Keep it pacey because they could make a decision from your five-minute video. Store it on Vimeo or your YouTube channel, but make sure you put a password on it, okay? Because you don't want the world to see what your little proposal is, obviously. And include all the key elements of your proposal, including the investment. You know, don't hide the investment. There's no point in doing that. And give people a chance in the video to make a decision there and then. So don't finish the video by saying, oh, and if you'd like to know more or let's have a conversation, don't do all that nonsense. Just say, right, here's the plan. This is what you need to do. And this is how you book it in. All right, it works really well. Try it. Right, okay. Number five of my little top tips, uh, tricks for you, tricks for Halloween. Right, number five is simply this. And this is the new phrase that I'm using with my clients at the moment. And um, this podcast is called Better Presentations, More Sales. And so my little catchphrase at the moment with the clients I'm working with is simply this, is get better at the things you're already better at. In other words, what are you, you know, so sit down and think, right, okay, so what do we, what do we think we're better at than our competitors? What are we better at? What, what are those things? And how can we then get better at the things we're better at? Now, you've already got a gap between you and your competitors if you think you're better at it. I mean, clearly, the real judge of that is, is the, you know, the customers. But if you think you're really good at something and you're better at it than your competition, then think, right, okay, how can we be better again? Because, you know, then you increase the gap a bit bigger. You know, we all hear these phrases from sport, don't we? Marginal gains and all that sort of stuff. So this is my version of marginal gains, but it's a great little thing to do. So try and find the things that you're better at than your competitors and then think, right, okay, how do we get a bit better than that? So by the time you hit 2022, you've increased the gap between you and your competition. It could be simply things like, I mean, one of the big things at the moment is virtual, isn't it? You know, uh, virtual skills. How good are you at virtual skills, virtual meetings, virtual sales pitches, virtual sales presentations? I'm working with a lot of people at the moment on these on virtual skills because they're not, you know, no one. We've all been too. We haven't worked hard enough at it. Come on, have we? We haven't really worked hard enough at the virtual skills because we all thought, oh, they're going to go away. And um, I commented on LinkedIn recently. Somebody had put up in my local area, oh, it's great to have a business show. Thank goodness we don't have to do Zoom anymore. What a load of nonsense. And I said, I found myself going, I'm sorry, but I disagree with your, your observation there. And if you think, you know, Zoom calls are going to go away, then whoa, you're going to get left behind because we got to get the balance right, haven't we? And, and this is not all about Zoom calls, this, this thing here. So that little trick is get better at the things that you're already better at. So if you are better than your competition at virtual meetings and virtual presentations and client webinars, then what can you do to get a little bit better? And of course, if you need some help with that, well, give me a shout. I'll be delighted to work with you. Right. Tip number six for my little tricks. Trick number six. <laughs> I keep calling them tips. Tricks number six. Right. OK. And this is to do with virtual. And that is if you're going to run a virtual meeting, all right, then open it up and be live on it yourself 15 minutes before the start time, whether it's a presentation or a client meeting or a webinar, whatever it is. OK. Now, if you listen to, well, not last week's, episode 185 with David Roddick, and he talked about the difference between the way our brain functions and therefore creates rapport and builds relationships differently in person to on Zoom or virtual, whatever you're using. 
So if you would just arrive a minute or two before the meeting starts, then A, you know, your people are already there. They're ready to go. They want it to start on time. You've got no ability to build rapport before it all starts. And particularly if you, you know, this is a meeting with people you don't know. So open it up 15 minutes early. A, it gives you a chance to make sure it all works. Because, you know, the first thing I do is I say to people, the first person who comes on, I say, look, uh, great to see you, Frank. Um, Can you just check? Can you hear and see me okay? And are you looking at, uh, can I, you know, this is what I'm thinking you should be seeing on your screen. Because I run two screens, uh, one of which is being shared with the people on the virtual call. So get there early, okay? Don't open this up and th- let everybody, you know, if you let and okay, if you let everybody in at the same time from the meeting from the waiting room, you've got no chance of building any rapport with any of them because they're all there as a group and then, you know, you've got to you know put them on mute or whatever it is you're going to do. So get it open 15 minutes early. Right, those are the tricks. Okay, so let's just recap those quick six tricks. Offer alternatives Try meetings at 2.40 or 3.10. Repeat someone's name three times. Send them a video version of your sales proposal. Get better at the things you're better at and open up your virtual meetings 15 minutes early. Right, treats. Okay, we love treats, don't we? My favorite phrase in the treat world in business is surprise and delight. Now, I picked that up years ago and I forget who, where it came from. So I'm really sorry. Uh, whoever, you know, came up with that phrase, I'm really sorry I didn't acknowledge you. Maybe I just should have done some research. Now, Surprise and delight is brilliant. It's just something, I've mentioned it on previous episodes, I think, but it's something that you create and send to your customer, which costs you next to nothing. It probably costs you more time than, uh, you know, than actual money investment, but it makes a big difference to them. And, you know, we live in an age where everybody sends everything electronically. So a little thank you card in the post is one of my favourite surprise and delight factors. And guess what? People put the thank you card on their desk. How many times if you send them a thank you email, do they print it out, fold it up and put it on their desk? They're never going to do that. (laughs) And guess what? They might have other people, other, you know, potential customers of yours coming into their office at some point and seeing your thank you card and going, oh, where'd you get that from then? Oh, yeah, Trevor Lee sent me that. Oh, yeah, what, did, what was he working? Yeah, what was it like working with him? Oh, it was pretty good, you know. So <laughs> so a thank you card's a great one. Um, you could make, you could go a little bit further if you want. You know, I, I recently sent one of my clients a book. They'd mentioned um, they were looking for something, uh, you know, they were one of their team was working on some particular project they wanted to get better at. And I said, oh, I've got an idea for that. And, um, and then I didn't tell them I was going to send them the book. I sent them the book great, you know, great feedback. Oh, I can't believe you sent me that book. You know, thank you very much for that. It was really kind of you. So a surprise and delight factory is something your clients aren't expecting, okay, but it doesn't cost a lot, if anything, for you to deliver. So that's a real treat. Uh, Second treat, well, what about lunches? Business lunches, where do they sit with you nowadays? Okay, Have have we got too busy for business lunches? But don't forget, you know, if you take someone to lunch or a coffee or whatever it is, if you can do that now in person, it's a treat for them, isn't it? Think about it. You know, they really like that. Oh, thanks very much. And of course, you've got a captive audience that you can talk to for a half an hour, an hour, 90 minutes even. OK, now I'm not advocating that we're going back to the old, you know, 1980s boozy lunches and all that nonsense. OK, that those days are gone largely, I think. But nevertheless, you know, sometimes, particularly when you've got a large client, because, you know, we know what it's like with a big client. We don't often ask a big client to spend more money with us, do we? Because we're scared of rocking the boat. And we think, oh, if I start talking about other things, they'll go, well, actually, I was thinking of cutting back. You know, and that's a kind of negative mindset anyway. But, you know, it's easy for us to fall into that, isn't it? So take them to lunch. A big client, take them to lunch, treat them. 
and then you know see what happens because and but make sure you do your preparation all right so think about the things that they might not know about that you do and that you know chances are they're going to say oh trevor i didn't know you did that that's really interesting well we need to talk further about that so you know think about that as well and you know don't underestimate simple things that are treats for your customers like ideas okay everybody loves ideas whether they use them or not they just appreciate them and like them so when was the last time you came up with some ideas with, for some of your existing clients in particular? When was the last time you phoned them up or had a virtual call with them and said, the reason for this call is I've got an idea. You know, I'm not looking for, you know, more investment from you, but I've got an idea that I think will help your business. I picked it up from XYZ. I picked it up listening to a podcast. <laughs> you never know. So ideas, that's treat number four. Uh, treat number five is, well, I know, you know, webinars and all that sort of stuff have been, you know, been going on a long time and, and this stuff. But, you know, think about what you could do for your clients that would be of real value to them. Because people say, oh, well, I've had enough of webinars and, uh, you know, I've had enough of, you know, poor events and all that sort of stuff. But there's got to be, you know, still a gap in the market for good ones. So why not create a really good one and treat your treat your clients to it, okay? Um, treat your potential customers to it as well, maybe. Think about how you could do that. But make sure when you do do that, that you offer great value, you know, don't don't use something like that to just bang on about how great you are and how many awards you've won and all that nonsense that no one really is interested in. They're interested in, in what is going to be the outcome for them, not whether you're going to get another award on your wall or whatever. Right, final treat, treat yourself, okay? <laughs> and I've got a guy called Peter Robinson to thank for this. Now, Peter is a fire safety expert in the UK, and uh, I've known Peter for quite a while, and he was in—he was on the same call I was on with a few others recently. And he said one of the things he does is when he, he spends—he's now back working, you know, in terms of uh, traveling a lot around the UK, helping people because it's not—you know—you have to be on site to see things in his industry. And uh, he's got a huge amount of experience. And um, one of the things he does now at this stage of a career is that is he treats himself to a decent hotel room when he's away. <laughs> he said, I'm happy to spend another 30 quid, $50, whatever it is, just to give myself a bit more of a treat in a nice room. So there you go. Treat yourself. Because looking after yourself is a key part of business success. And, you know, I meet a lot of people who say, oh, I'm really busy. I'm rushed off my feet. I've never got time for this. Well, come on, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to look after yourself and you've got to create that time. And you've got to stop doing certain things that are cluttering up your day and work on your priorities and, you know, allow yourself time off. You know, go and do something and treat yourself to something and just do it. OK, just do it. And if you're working for an organization, well, you know, persuade them that they need to pay for it <laughs> okay, and make it happen. Right, so there we go. There are my Halloween sales tricks and treats for you. I hope you've enjoyed that. Um, I will put them. I will list them in the show notes. Uh, so you know, if you've missed one or two listening to this, now if you've enjoyed the podcast, please do share it. The numbers are growing nicely. Thank you very much. So thank you very much for listening, and I would really appreciate it if you share this with anybody you know, or if you commented it on LinkedIn, or if you leave me a review, anything like that. Then that's always great. I know there are millions of podcasts out there. I'm trying to create one that, you know, provides great value for you and gives you at least one thing to take away every single time. Okay, and uh, I've got some more guests coming up for you very soon, so I'll be looking to get them on the show. But I am, as I've mentioned before, being very selective. I seem to be uh, getting a lot of people who want to come on this show, and 
half of them have got no idea they're just trying to get on a podcast somewhere so I always catch them out by writing back to them or contacting them back and say oh thanks very much I'm keen you want to come on my show um, what in particular appeals to you about my show and then they don't know so <laughs> you know, that ends that conversation um, so I'm trying to p- only bring people on who are going to be of value to you the listeners alright so in terms of listening thank you for listening see you next week <laughs>